Hi. Hello. Hey. How you doing? So good. Uh, 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 uh. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Yes. As we we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, and I'm a midwife at a busy birth center, although Jen's doing all the births, and a small home birth practice (laughs) in Winchester, Virginia. I'm Meredith Rout. I'm also a midwife and work at a small home birth practice, but I'm off call and going on vacation this week, so that feels awesome. That deserves a whoop-whoop. And I'm Jess McKee. I am a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant for the same hospital, same out of hospital practice you guys. It's a mouthful. Blah, 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 that's you what she it. said. <laughs> you it got it. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. <laughs> if you um, haven't figured it out by now, you probably should start from the beginning with yeah. our podcast. Yes. Good idea. <laughs> or skip the first few. First, yeah. I, although, I've I have some, some good feedback from our first couple episodes. Yeah, but although I've like heard some confusion about how we're working recently because... Um, since well, I'm not with Flourish anymore, which I haven't made my announcement about that. But here it is on the podcast. Yeah, well, Flourish, this won't come out for a while, so you've got yeah, time. Flourish is no longer a thing, but I've had people that are like confused about how my business is working as opposed to your it's business. Probably because we've done absolutely no advertising for yeah. Linden Tree, so people are yeah. like, "What the hell is this?" Like, yeah. I saw one of my what clients posted under like some. I think she, what did she post? She posted a picture of. Uh, oh, she co- made a comment about Rebozo saving her life. And somebody was like, what is that? And she told him, she was like, oh, my gosh, your midwife sounds amazing. Who is she? And she was like, oh, I think it's called Linden Tree. I was like, great. Like, I don't even, <laughs> not even like promoting myself well enough that my client doesn't even know my Chuck name. Chuck didn't know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What are you talking? What's Linden Tree? Terrence like, called oh me Linden Heights the other day because that's the name of our vet clinic. <laughs> together one day but people were like people were like do i contact you on my own through for doula services we, or do i have to go through linden tree and i was like no if we you actually doula services, just contact me we don't have like a chain of command like, i've been for thinking that. That. yes we do we i'm need in charge to. of all of it <laughs> me oh let me i'll pass off all of those Commander admin duties kim. on you kim never mind <laughs> I will pass just all a, that off i'm just a lowly <laughs> minion that's paid by premier birth center in linden tree midwifery <laughs> and that's where in i theory. Work. And that's where I'm going to stay. I love being a minion. So look out for some real advertising coming up. Because when we get caught up on wine about birth, I think Linden Tree needs to be next on our radar. It really does. We need, but you know I what? keep forgetting that we kind of started two businesses and this I year. And I just like kind of realized that we need to take a step back and make some, and make some plans. that I do the least amount of work that I can possibly do in the summertime. And then as soon as fall yeah, comes, true. I'll like scurry around doing that It's stuff, true. I feel so. like at the solstice, you were like... Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, we need another. Just like back it up. Naked romp through the forest. Oh yeah. Oh, I need a naked romp anywhere. Quite honestly, I can't wait for the naked spot open. Yeah, oh, it's gonna too. be magical. I, I read that I article you sent. <laughs> Funny, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Naked spot is the best place. It is. A, it's so magical. Yeah. It is. I it's so normalizing. To, I know. I want them to rub all my skin off. Mm-hmm. Feminine pride, right there. I'm telling you, I have those like scrub gloves in my shower and it's just not the same unless the woman in lingerie is doing it for me (laughs) (laughs) the asian woman in lingerie um so right now we have not been de-stressed at a naked spa anytime in the and it's starting to show near past oh my god and i feel like we're all a little bit out of it um some of us have had weird weeks uh kim is i'm over it i listen and i'm gonna tell Oh, Hold on, Jess's phone take a shot, Jess. 
<laughs> punishment. Shot, 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 shot. I couldn't hear that. My phone went off. So we're today. Our episode today is about breastfeeding. Yeah. And it's funny how when you stop breastfeeding, you just, it's like it's never happened. Yep. You just forget all about it. That sounds great. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a phase. And even if you breastfeed for 40 years, like when you're done, you're done. Yep. So we'll talk more about that in a bit. But my cat, who had kittens five weeks ago, developed severe mastitis. Well, it's not even just mastitis. We're not sure if like her nip fell off. actually like tore off one of yeah. her nipples. So now the milk can't come out of right. it. Right. I think... I think that it's just damaged. I don't, yeah. th- I think it, it's so, so swollen. It's inverted. You yeah. Think? It, well, that's what was happening. But so I've been dealing with a cat with mastitis for 48 hours now, including uh-huh. an overnight stay and IV and antibiotics and all this shit. And it's, and I, a massive vet bill. Thanks. Oh my God. Thanks I so had much for that. I've been working on paying debt off. Well, thanks to this cat, I'm right back, you know, a million dollars later. And it's just insane. So the first night she was at the vet's um, clinic. And so I dealt with the cats because they said, hey, and tell me if this sounds familiar to you guys. If you don't feed the, those babies every couple of hours, <laughs> their blood tr- sugar will drop and they'll die. Oh, and you're a newborn mom again. And I'm not a cat. I'm not an animal person. Oh, so of please. Course I'm I've seen like, you snuggle those kittens. No, I know, but I don't know anything about, I'm like, I'm not a vet. So yeah. I'm like, oh my God, these cats are going to die. So I set my clock to every two to three hours and I fed them and it was horrible. And then I went to pick up Annabelle and they're like, and all I could think was I can't wait for her to nurse these babies because she's going to feel so much better. And they said, don't let her nurse at all. She just needs to dry up. And, and I was like, wait. I really want you to like go, let's pretend this is a human right. mom and let's see how this advice makes you feel. Right. And but so they tell that to human moms. Like, exactly. Yeah. I felt yeah. like a mom who has never had a baby was, t- I'm being told all this information and I never thought to doubt it or question it because I'm not a vet. So I was just doing whatever they said. And when I got her back last night, it was hour after hour of her like screaming in pain and Paul. Well, because you had to separate her from the kittens. I had to too. separate her from the kittens. And the kittens were doing great, but she just wanted to be in there. Well, they so were full of kitten food, so they didn't yes. know any. You know, no, they were fine. But she's like pawing at the door. She's walking all over my face. I did this until like one in the morning, and I was changing her little cabbage leaf compresses just like a mom. Yeah, it was. So I would like horrible. to acknowledge that she did that every twenty minutes. Like that is yeah. commitment. I just wasn't. I'd be I like, was, I'm going to change that cabbage in two hours when I change it. Yeah. And I was like, I know how she feels and you keep that cabbage cold. So I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And she kept screaming and crying. And then finally at like, I woke up at, again, I had an hour nap and at three in the morning, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to put her in with the kittens. Every bit of me was telling me that she would self wean when it was appropriate. So I stuck her in there and I was like, good luck to you. And I shut the door and I slept for four hours. <laughs> then you heard her clawing at the door I trying know. to get <laughs> out. No, and when kidding. I let her out, like all of her little teats were not swollen. Except for the one that's damaged. The one that's damaged is still really swollen. But But that's understandable. That can't be fixed overnight. No, it can't. And the hardness had gone down and she was like prouncing around. She was eating. She was drinking. So I started spraying her little tea with colloidal silver and giving her antibiotics. Thanks, Bess. But I'm going to do this my way I did. I just, like, I I spent so much money to just go pick her up and not do anything they said. Nothing happened. I mean, I'm sure this is something about antibiotics. Helped. I'm, yes, Definitely. and they were with so the crisis, but now you can maintain. Right, and they were yeah. so kind, and they were so great. But every bit of my mom instinct was like, "Don't listen to them. You have to slowly wean. You can't just cold turkey wean." Yeah. So now I'm like, 
it's taking up literally every second of my life. So yeah. I'm glad that Jen is doing all the births. But every like two hours I go in, I feed them, I change her, I change them. She nurses for a minute. I take her out. I do it again. But it sounds a lot like uh, postpartum. It's mm-hmm. horrible. And and I'm having all these flashbacks of like yeah. my breast being engorged and my baby crying. And this is nothing compared to what you moms out there are going through nursing. I get that. Like it's not me that's doing it, but it's, it's awful. But the point of I that mean, story is it's still a creature dealing with the struggles of breastfeeding. The point of that story is that it um, now has helped us to see we should do an episode on breastfeeding. Yeah, this was not or maybe a three-part series. A super like in-depth series about breastfeeding. I kind of just wanted to talk about like our experiences with breastfeeding, our clients' experience with breastfeeding, what it's like emotionally, physically, and like some of the things that can make it easier, some of the things that make it harder. So it's not a uh, we're not covering. No, we're not doing like the medical side of it and the like the science the and the research. Si- yeah, we're not doing that right. That now. might come down the road, but that's not what today's going to be. I just want to also. Focus we just don't feel like planning anything, we're so just, we're no. just flying by the seat of our pants. I was waiting for you to say the little thing that you made up, but you're not doing it, oh, so I'm going to yeah. say it. I'm like, I if forgot. I, I was wondering what that eye contact like was for. Spoon feed you this anymore? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> not covering the whole subject. Just the nip. Just <laughs> covering the nip. <laughs> That's funnier the second it time. Is. <laughs> I made that up. I have to. I told them earlier too that my mom hated the word nipple, like which was hilarious because she read romance novels. So I know she like that's why it made her listen to that word all the time or like heard that word. And so her friends called her nip the whole time I was growing up. And anytime we went out, they always ordered her to buttery nipples. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Those are my favorite <laughs> shots on the planet. Are so yeah. delicious. So what of my story that I just told, like the every you know two hours and the compresses and just the crying like ha- does that sound familiar to you Jess from your how long did you nurse so familiar uh, I nursed for six years straight can you applause and we'll enter an applause sound in yes. the podcast Thank <laughs> you for that applause. I don't know that I deserve applause for that but I just like to, at least a hug I mean I feel like um, not from Kim and we've talked about this so much in this podcast but there's so many moms with this experience but while you're going through it even though so many moms have gone through it it's still super icy isolating the way your brain works oh my mm-hmm. gosh so because I mean I, of course every mom internalizes as an inadequacy mm-hmm. and I and love that's hugely isolating I love breastfeeding and I'm so glad I did it for as long as I did but it's like when you talk about the realities of what women go through and what their brain goes through like when I was nursing and I was in that period of time it literally felt like I was never going to stop like I couldn't even imagine what it was like for my breasts to be my own and not even just my own because I still don't think my breasts are really my own but no we're gonna need to to talk about that to just not be (laughs) able to like go out and not have to worry like how many hours do I have before I pump or get extremely uncomfortable and more importantly will this shirt still fit in three hours exactly like because oh my god how far up to my chest to my chin can my boobs get hard (laughs) before I give myself a deadly infection (laughs) because I want to go do something without my kids and not have to stop in a porter potty and pump my breasts because I'm walking around a city I went to New York City with my uncles one day and I left my kids with my mom so I was gone for an entire day and it was like it was while I was still tandem nursing as oh, well. God. And I just needed, and I, that's why I can see the cat when she needs to get out of the room. You just need 
to get a away day yeah. to yourself. Yeah. But by the end of the day, because I was gone, we took the train into the city. We walked around all day. We had so much fun. You didn't bring like a little hand pump? No, I didn't. That was a rookie mistake. By the end of the day, every like 20 minutes, I'd feel let down and I'd have to like clamp my hands over my nips. Of course, walking through New York City, nobody probably even noticed. (laughs) Because people don't make eye contact. And so that my shirt wasn't completely soaked. By the time we got back on the train that day, the end of the night, my boobs were so big and oh, so it hard. Hurt. You didn't just like you didn't even just like, like buy a coffee to get into a bathroom to hand no, express or anything. Almost all the way up to my like collarbone. Oh, I, shit, girl! I remember that. It's so, so awful. Like, yes, and like feeling like just that, he, and it didn't even hurt. It's just this feeling of like pressure. Get out of me, relief. <laughs> and they and never I, nursed enough. No, after that to get it. You know, that's like know how many nursings how is that? I, <laughs> they need to eat like six times the normal. I know num. how much milk I can make, and so it's like when I would pump. So I knew that's at least like forty ounces of milk in there. And they're not getting that out. No, but when I got home, <laughs> you're just like I giving them a bath in it. Put like my sh- nipple sh- in Ren's sh- mouth. It was just like, oh, it's like a it breast hurts milk so orgasm. It's just like yes. It's the worst. That was my life for six years, and I literally thought it was never going to end. Yeah, you can't imagine living. I just so many times because we used to go to um like cookie events would have these like amazing parties every year and i just remember like wanting to be a part of the party but i was nursing all the time mm-hmm. and so i'd go to lay the kid down and do that you know that commando roll thing mm-hmm. out of the bed oh where you're God, like yes. you're nursing them and you try to like pop there and then roll out and then surround them with pillows because you just want to be a part of the fun just want to have i've fun. done that just with your kids Kim, but not the boob part <laughs> Yes. That'd be fine if you did the boob thing. <laughs> yes, that but your was... whole life that like that's your life is just trying to not nurse uh-huh. during the funnest parts of the day, like and missing everything. To add to that, because that would happen to me, we would have like friends over, and I would always be like, "Okay, I'm gonna go try and put the, the kids." Oh my to god, sleep. the flashbacks of just laying there and hearing all the laughing uh, and the music. God, your FOMO, Jess. That would probably oh, I can't even imagine terrible. you in and that then, situation. But then also at the same time, it would cause problems in my marriage because when you lay down and nurse a baby to sleep no matter how much your brain wants to get up and have fun you're like hit with a wave of tiredness all that like delicious hormones never experienced and i know other men have said this too they'll be like you always say you're gonna come back and then you and then you don't and then you fall asleep and it's like you don't understand you don't they will never come out and have fun so bad but not only is it so hard to get them to go to sleep, but as soon as they fall asleep, it like you're it like, like rubs out. off on you, and yep. then it's like you're laying there like, okay, I'm gonna try and get up. And just <laughs> as the drool is already running down yes. your face. And how many times do you go through the like the risk benefit yeah. Yeah. in your head? Like, okay, if I don't get up right now, I'm gonna miss all the shots that everyone's taking, yep. and then I'm gonna hear about it the next day. But if I do get up, I still have to get. up I'm gonna at have five the worst the hangover <laughs> at five I in the morning. To get up, but then like sh- like. For sure, you would finally feel like the times that you manage to stay awake, like, okay, the baby is actually fully asleep. I can slowly pinch my nipple out of her mouth. <laughs> and you, you do it in steps. It's like, yeah. first you, like, roll this way. Yeah. And then you, like, slowly move it so the side of their face isn't touching your other arm. Yeah. And then you wait, like, a minute to make sure they haven't moved. And then I would, and like, you flip onto the bed roll. or onto the floor. Yeah. Like, floop. <laughs> roll the other way. Lay there for and a minute. And then you sit there and look at them, and then you touch them for a second to <laughs> yes. make sure that they still think you're there. That touch is very important. And then you slowly, like, moonwalk out of the room. I'm a tree. And then still, I'm a tree. nine times out of ten, as soon as you walk through the door... 
they like know you're gone yeah. it's like <laughs> what was the point and i'll then just you're like, stay asleep right, i'm gonna fall asleep this time yeah this it. time at least you can be like all right peace out y'all i'm done i'm out I'd say i'll be back in a minute and shark could be like no you won't no. and that was girl it, like, i'm sorry i love you but you did that all the time years left. ago even yes. when the kids weren't even nursing i mean they're all in your bed oh, so i'm I sure do. all the snuggle hormones would hit you but you'd be like because i'll be back and we're like no she's not that's coming because back. i only have a certain <laughs> amount of hangout yeah, ten o'clock is your and is your latest. Hits, I can't. I'm She's like just done. I'm just yeah. done. And you guys love me enough that I can be like, get out or <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to No, bed. it just got to the point where you would just dip out. You wouldn't even oh, say I anything. Tell you, <laughs> I do tell you when I'm going to pretend to go to the bathroom but go to sleep instead. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I can't. <laughs> well, lately I've been staying up so late. Like I am actually staying up until like twelve or one o'clock. That's awesome. But you're every reading night. That's that's glorious. I know. Or with and, a cat. And dancing because we yep. went. Oh, that's God, true. Oh, we, we did stay late that oh, night. That was so much that's fun. Great. But, <laughs> oh, I got drunk. But I'm just going to put that oh, right out there. I felt like, no, I have to tell you. So I locked myself out of my house. So I had to sleep in our office for the first I can't time. I believe you did And that. I had, I've had, so, I was so excited to like be able to do that with you guys. Like drink too much on the walking mall and I was crashed in that office and yeah. like hang out. So like when I'm laying there by myself because I locked <laughs> myself, I'm sober because I locked myself out of my house. I was pissed <laughs> i was like this is supposed to be like our fun like i'm drunk and need to sleep it off with no, a friend place i was like laying in there because i'm a dumbass and sober i was like this is the silliest is thing i've ever all. done in my life no that'll be <laughs> yeah. you and jess not me because i don't actually go out no you will eventually i've actually never so, had to do that before because my house is literally like yeah, another right two second walk it. back but i'd be like in theory that sounds Watch really fun can we just point out that we shut the bar down with our kids because yeah. our daughters love to dance. Yeah. So we shut the bar down and then we walked at like 11 o'clock or later Back to my house through town singing and dancing through from the, the greatest showman musical. And I the heard them from a mile away. Oh my God. It was so <laughs> And magical. they sounded beautiful bouncing off the houses. Just ding, 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 ding. I'm surprised we didn't get arrested. And then we stayed up even longer. We did. Talking on the porch. Talking on the porch. It was like amazing and did this have is a the bit stuff of a that never would have happened if we were still breastfeeding if we were still breastfeeding i would have tapped out at noon <laughs> yeah but it's like and i've always said i'm just gonna put in one more that like on on nights out that are like really magical and you can't ever really plan them it's like sometimes nights it magical, just and sometimes it's not yeah but um the walk home at night oh, after so we've been out especially because you haven't done that in so it's long the best. and I, i've had so many nights like that um, shout out to you, Haley. How many like nights have we had where we've been oh out in God. random countries where yeah. it's like, let's look home from the bars after dancing. And it's always <laughs> just like, you never know what's going to happen. No. And you're just like, do, 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 do. And the moonlight is glinting <laughs> off everything. Um, do you remember when Alice came to town after our wine about birth thing and we were having one of those magical walks home, but then we saw that car slow down and we like yes. panicked and like all scattered to the four Which is wind. why kid because doesn't we walk well, most times. We thought obviously they're going to we we like, like, drag us in the car. <laughs> but then we found out the next morning that there was somebody driving around town egging people in a car that <gasps> in a car. That, that would have made my whole life if you guys got <laughs> egged. I, I'm like, see, that's why I don't go out late at night. <laughs> You could be egged <laughs> to death. I don't think it would have killed us to be egged. But no, I think it would have sucked. Made a funny story. But we never went. I saw it on the Winchester police chatter. <laughs> we couldn't do this while we were nursing. But, and no. when Meredith, when you were nursing your future child, 
We will I'm understand face. when you go to bed early or just never Thank come you. out. Yeah. That's fair. We'll but strap your baby on. We don't do. We only go, honestly, ladies, we go out like maybe once a month at yeah. this point. And, but the whole point is not to like make people be like, oh, breastfeeding is the worst because breastfeeding is like, I love it. It's definitely one of the most magical things I've ever done, yes. but it's like accepting the hard parts of it um, and also the it. magical parts yeah. of it. But then it's like, that's even just normal. It's not all glitter and rain. Yeah. That's just like normal. <laughs> There's no glitter in there at all. Breastfeeding relationships. When something goes wrong, like, um, I, you know, it's like, because like, I don't want people to hear this and be like, well, I'm not, I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. Cause I still think it's worth it, but there are hardships you can get through. So like right now your cat's going through a hardship. Oh my God. Well, and I can't even you help are, her. I'm going to. You know, because of it. I feel like people are actually going to stick with it longer if they don't go into it all like rosy, rose colored glasses. Like if you accept that it's going to be difficult and there's going to be challenges, I feel Mm -hmm. like you're not going to give up at the first sign of complications. Yeah. For me, the the hardest part of nursing wasn't actually the nursing process. It was the commitment. Yeah. Because I guess you don't realize like you literally cannot shower or poop or leave your house, go to Target, Walmart, the dollar store. You can't do any of these things when your baby is little unless you have just nursed. You're an hour late to everything. And I think it's like, huh? Or you bring them. Or you bring them. Well, yeah, but even if you do bring them, like for some people, they don't want to nurse out in public. Yeah. And it just, Chuck would say to me, like I would get all upset and he'd say, well, you're choosing to do this. And that's just it. Like we're choosing to put ourselves through this for the good of our kids but it's not easy sometimes. It's, it's the good of our kids. It's also, I think it does help us too because there's a lot of physiological things. It's like we've talked about how hard postpartum is. And there are a lot of hormones that are released that help keep you in a brain set that makes postpartum easier. Like the yeah. brain of a mom and getting all those good releases of like oxytocin and um, prolactin and the things that make you All the delicious things. The things that when you're lying in bed with your baby, you're just like, I can't possibly get up right now. Yeah, yeah it like I shrinks your to. world down so you can actually let go of all the other things going on and just focus on that. Yeah. And I did the other, like I lived the other life of bottle feeding with Chris. It sounds awful to me. Oh my God. Honestly, so when I because I, I had him when I was 16, which everyone already knows, so people would say, like, What's the hardest part of being a mom? and I will never forget my answer was always making bottles, cleaning the bottles, having formula. It's fucking awful. And yeah. now, if I had just learned like how to nurse, it, my life would have been so much easier, at least for the first couple months when I was out of school. Yeah. But then you think about how many moms because. When I was nursing, um, I had this background of doula work and I knew a lot of the common pitfalls of nursing because I feel like probably I don't I'm okay. So this percentage is not to judge anybody or make anyone feel bad. But I think like I'm going to just put it out there like 85 percent of breastfeeding problems that people have are due to misinformation, mm-hmm. not right. actual, which is why I couldn't physical nurse problems. I, did, I had no support in nursing mm-hmm. and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And Google wasn't a thing back then. And, and that's it's like not hard enough to like ask for help, but then you ask for help and maybe it's misguided. Like that's yeah. really frustrating because how often do we see, um, nurses at the hospital or even lactation consultants, God bless them. Give horrible, horrible advice. Yeah. I've literally had clients who I have to like, and, and you're so open and susceptible right after you have a baby. Um, so I've had clients where it's like if a, a lactation consultant plants the seed of like something's not working, they like s- 
grasp onto it and hold on you to it have so to, like, tight unbrainwash that out mm-hmm. like and how many moms have you had say to you well i didn't nurse my first one because i just couldn't yeah and so like, many so go why why could you not without wanting to be like yes you could well you know the nurse was just like telling me that my nipples just weren't adequate and mm-hmm. i just wasn't making milk and i'm like oh my gosh that sounds terrible i'm so sorry i'm gonna help you through this one even the smallest thing i've seen smallest little thing and nurses don't do it on purpose and we might do it sometimes i try not to like when a baby just came out and the mom's breast is out for the first time and a nurse coming by and being like oh that nipple's a little flat but i'm sure the baby will just pull it out like that's planting a seed that this nipple is not adequate enough to feed my baby and I feel like breastfeeding is like one of those is like the most common and the easiest way for moms to fall into that pitfall of inadequacy Yeah, like when I worked in DC we breastfeeding was like a huge part of the curriculum I did and like I think our breastfeeding rate amongst the community I was working with which was really you know it was like low income and low resources was like less than 20% breastfeeding and like I think over 90% well, young, gave up right? in the first week. Not always. Not always. But, I mean, we did work with teen moms a lot. But the the number, like, I like I can almost tell you across the board, when I would ask moms why they quit breastfeeding is because some kind of inadequacy. Oh, like, my nipples aren't working. Or, oh, my milk supply ran out. And mm-hmm. it's it's just, like, this, this, like, dialogue of inadequacy that just, like, perpetuates a woman's mind's Cause they're already like, they're terrified of being a new mom, you know, like there's mm-hmm. so many things that you self doubt about. And I feel like breastfeeding in our culture is the number. It's like the first thing you try to set one of the first things you try to establish with your child. Yeah. And if you are self doubting, it's the first thing you're going to implant that self doubt into. And it can be really hard to support a mom in her journey too, because well, some moms it's easy cause you know, they want to breastfeed at all costs. But then there's this really like slippery slope because breastfeeding, it's become so political and that it's like, you know, there's the whole like breast is best and fed is best kind of thing. And so it's like trying to support what a mom needs without coming off as judgy. Right. And then for me, it's also I feel sometimes we and I know I've done this before have a tendency to do the opposite where it's like if a mom really is having a real problem, um, sometimes because we know that those problems are actually pretty rare and we hear so much like a mom saying I don't have enough milk that occasionally when there really is a mom that doesn't have enough milk we have a tendency to be like I'm sure she does have enough milk it's probably just misinformation right and so it's just like trying to figure out when is it actually a real problem versus when is it something that can be addressed something that can that can if we just clear up a misunderstanding or give correct information that it can be fixed yeah um that way and it's not an actual physical problem and go ahead ahead. i was just gonna say like for for these moms that actually are having like a really a really intense issue like i can help so much i'm so i think we figured out between the two of us we have 13 years of breastfeeding yeah (laughs) which is crazy so i've breastfed forever and Mm -hmm. i can help so much you can help so much. You can help so much. Um, we all but, come to it with different experiences, right. too. So, and thoughts. you yeah. know, especially if you're if you're birthing out of the hospital with with a midwife, like we have resources. Our it's part of our training, right? It's part of it. But there are moms out there who I can't help. Yeah. And so the problem comes in where they're exhausted. They're desperately trying to nurse. They're pumping. They're doing all these things. But if they want a La Leche League. Um, help like a or whatever. Lacti- well, the La Leche League is free, but they have yeah. to like pack everything up and take their baby out. They're exhausted. So then, how about we have someone come to you? That's hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So these women, or end at least a hundred dollars. Yeah, they end up being like. Okay. 
well, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm so tired. I can't leave my house. I don't have 80 to $150. Mm-hmm. I've seen some, it's $250 for yeah. one hour. And it's great information, but if you don't have that money, so what are these moms supposed to do? And it usually isn't something that can be cleared up in one visit. No. Um, but and our moms that can then, afford it, they're great. <gasps> so sorry. Take another shot, Ooh, Jess. Know, right? More. Gosh, she didn't even turn it down. No, I'm going to. I've also had moms tell me that... Um, they didn't want to go to La Leche League after their baby was born because they were having such a hard time and putting so much uh, stress on themselves mentally about nursing. Like, it becomes their full-time job. Like, now I try and nurse the baby. Now I pump to try and keep my milk supply up. Now I do this. Now I do that. And then they say... They don't even eat in the process. They say the thought of going into a room full of people that are nursing their babies well... Is super overwhelming to them because oh, it's yeah. like makes them feel inadequate. I, like, right. why isn't this working for me? I get that, but most of those women who are nursing well probably went through so mm-hmm. much to get there. And there's. But prob- trying to yeah. explain that to moms who are like, Shh, until you've been in that, that. Go. We that state of mind that is postpartum and then postpartum when there's a hard time, it's like. It's not. It's yeah. not very. It's well, not rational well, i was gonna say think about like how rational you are when you're you're most exhausted yeah. you're not you're not no. so there's only so much like reasoning that can happen i went to my um to lighten it up just a nip yeah i <laughs> went to my first la leche league meeting i don't i was pregnant with one of my kids and uh, maybe oscar and it was the first time i saw a six-year-old nursing yeah and i was effing floored could not my brain i was like this is wrong everything about this is wrong and that's how i felt when i saw your cultural conditions right Right. and then as i nursed like brock for three years and as i saw other people nursing i felt very comfortable with it but i tell people when they go to their first lot late jamie i'm like listen you might see a six-year-old nursing and Mm -hmm. It's kind of shocking for the first time because we're the only country that doesn't do that. Yeah. Everyone else nurses, you know, well yeah. until age four. Until their kids decide to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is a shock. But I just remember going, what is happening? <laughs> what? They're like eating cookies and nursing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Milk and cookies. Nom, nom, nom. But it is such a wealth of information. Um, I think it's time to go to break. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about like when you do a little bit more about when you have hardships during and can we talk nursing. about things that we found like you know, with our 13 years of experience that yeah. were helpful to us like yeah. to get through it yes let's do that All awesome right, let's cue the music oh yeah so our sponsor for today's episode is the amazing natasha natasha is a lactation consultant And she has been an IBCLC, which is the fancy letters for lactation consultant, since 2012. She used it primarily for La Leche League um, for a long time. Um, So not only is she a lactation consultant, but she also is a La Leche League leader, uh, reaching out to help people in the community with breastfeeding. But she also founded Snuggle two years ago. Through Snuggle, she provides 90-minute in-home or in-office consultations and follow-ups with the goal of supporting families in reaching their feeding goals. She says she loves to reach parents prenatally so she can help them set them up for success. And I know she's told me before in the past that 
Preparing prenatally for your breastfeeding relationship is one of the best things you can do to ensure success. She said, most amazingly, I've partnered with the Lactation Network that helps parents get the breastfeeding support they deserve covered by their insurance. So if you're worried about money, she now can get both prenatal and postnatal visits covered, fully covered by insurance. So I know uh, from experience that I've met a lot of lactation consultants and I absolutely love Natasha. She's nursed all of her own babies. She has so much experience and I just love the advice that she gives helping parents to solve problems and um, to reach their breastfeeding goals. So check her out. Um, she's located in Winchester, Virginia. If you want to get in contact with her, her website is www.snuggle.family. She said the best way to reach her is to call or text, and her phone number um, is on her website under the contact section. Um, we love you, Natasha, and we love how you help our clients reach their breastfeeding goals. Keep up the good work. Let's go back to our episode and talk more about breastfeeding. Welcome back from that delightful break. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ever going to change that up? I, I don't know. Maybe. It's just kind of it's kind of a thing I do now. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, got to stick with what you know. And it's usually quite that. delightful. If somebody starts to get bored of me saying welcome back from that delightful break. They can break, let us know with an email. Know. And, um, Kim's bored. No, I'm not. I'll Kim's like, we switch it up already. Something no, else to say. You didn't go to Bonnaroo. That's Chris's cup. Oh. Like I'll say. That you're not cool I'll say thank you no. so much for listening to the tip of our episode. Welcome back to the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> or in this situation, thanks for listening to the nip of our episode. Welcome back to, to the, the areola. areola. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to tell this story though. So Penny obviously names all of her dolls. And so she has a baby mermaid doll. So she has an adult mermaid doll and a baby mermaid doll. And so the adult mermaid is Ariel and baby <laughs> mermaid is Areola. <laughs> That's the best. And obviously you said that's a perfect name. It was. Pr oh, yeah. Out We've been encouraging her to call it that for months. Out of months. the mouths of babes. Look okay. at my or baby Ariola. This is my oh. baby Ariola. That sounds really or creepy. speaking of, of uh, nursing <laughs> into the mouths of babes. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. We're so punny today. So, <laughs> so punny. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how um, some of the misconceptions and hardships of nursing that make it harder. And I... And, and some people are probably not going to agree with this at all. But I have so many people that say that you're not supposed to have any nipple pain at all. And if you do, it means something is wrong. It's, it's not what I teach. kind of disagree with that. I also disagree with it. And I'm going to talk from my personal experience that my first daughter, I, you know, had never nursed before, um... Also known as Satan. Yes. <laughs> my, my daughter, Satan. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> um, but so she had too, a savory amazing. vegan yeah. alternative. Yeah. She had like a perfect latch. Everything was fine. Everything was normal. But for probably like two weeks after like nursing hurt a lot. Yeah. To the point where a lot of people would say this isn't normal, but. To my my nipples bled at some points, uh. like I had 
And people would say there's that's not normal. There's something wrong. But after that two week period, nothing had changed. My nipples healed. They got they were fine. And I went on to have a totally normal, not normal milk supply, like over over abundant milk supply. I kind of feel like if you take any body part and suck on it every two hours around the clock for the rest of your life, it's going to get a little chapped. Maybe I should I should do a little science experiment. <laughs> I was just thinking that sounds like a really interesting experiment. Oh, yeah, what are you suck Could on? you suck on this part for every two hours around the clock to see if it... <laughs> for 20 to 30 minutes at a time. <laughs> to see if it gets chapped. It's, for, it's clearly for research. This is for science. This, this isn't is for, for my benefit at all. <laughs> I, I don't had, even get anything out of this. I do think that a lot of babies have undiagnosed like posterior ties, which don't necessarily need to be revised. But all of mine had like a lip tie and a tongue tie. And well, you had nip pain for like even longer three than months. with all your kids. But your three. kids all still to this day have very have noticeable gaps, yeah. lip ties. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Lila and Ren do. If I look at their tongues and their lips like they. You do. I do. You have a ridiculous lip tie. I see it whenever you talk, and I That's feel bad for your mom. That's just the frenulum. Nope. Yours is not. Yours this is... is fa- I haven't even paid attention. No, that is totally this. normal. You have to... No, you gotta, wa- you gotta watch your talk. It's pretty... It's normal to have a frenulum there. It's just not normal for it to come down into your teeth where it restricts movement of your lip. Stick your tongue right. out. I have a super... Watch this. Look what I can do. Watch <laughs> Oh, my gosh. She just licked her own nose. What? I don't know if it's because my tongue is long or my nose is long. Oh, my God. I, I was going to ask you if that both. was a Jewish trick, but then I didn't. But then I remembered. <laughs> but then she did anyway. Yeah. That I was reading. Um, I'm, I started, you know, Jess and I read, like. A it's, lot. Uh, it's all we do. And so we pass books back and forth. And this one book, it's based um, in a Jewish community, it's really awesome, and I'm learning a lot. But they kept calling themselves, they kept saying the German Jew, and I was like, ha, ah, it's her thing. It's the Jew Jew. They're bringing the Jew Jew They were back. listening in on our podcast they when they wrote this book Hysterical. in the 80s. So I almost took a picture of it and sent it to you, and I was like, too lazy, and then I didn't. And then but you didn't. It's not, see, it's but not just me. But this is fun right now, yeah. Um, but so... I don't think that that's what it was. And I, I know with your kids, that's why you have extended pain, that it is something like that. And I've right. seen other people who have extended pain because it's like um, they I, I had one person, a dear, dear friend of mine who I love dearly. I love you. You'll probably know who you are if you listen to this. But her her first baby had a really high palate. And so mm-hmm. she had intense pain the entire time she nursed. And she still went on for like two years. Um, but for me, it was like, it was two weeks and then everything healed up and was fine. I had a very, very generous supply of milk, which was another problem I want to talk about. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, I would say it is worse to have not enough milk, but having an abundance of milk is also kind of exciting. I have had people that I do know who have, I call it the unicorn of nursing where their babies latch on. They never feel a moment of soreness. I have it so amazing. I have a different unicorn of nursing. My unicorn is if people can sideline nurse with their first baby. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah. That takes a gift. That's a gift. You, yeah, it's a learning curve. Um, yeah, I have a friend who has, has four babies and she's not super into like nursing or anything like I am, but every single baby just latches on. She nurses them. She doesn't really like it, but she's never had an ounce of pain nursing in her entire career of nursing, even from day one. Um, 
That's amazing. But I think and she's I'm literally jealous. like the only person I know that's yeah. like that. So that, ha- that happens every once in a while. We'll ask how nursing's going and they're like, oh, so good. Any pain? Not at all. What? Yeah. Huh. I also wonder that, sometimes if those are the people who like know that it's supposed to hurt a little bit though. And so for them, they're like just knowing it's normal pain and they're not reporting. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Fine. But we I always definitely don't think that's the case with my friends. Yeah. Who- we tell our mom, I, le- I feel like we've always told our moms like the first two weeks is normal to have some pain upon like upon the latch, but then it should go away because that's just your nipples getting used to all this suction. But after two weeks, it should improve Yeah, if it's just related to like a new nurser. Yeah. Yeah, I think two weeks is a good um, judge of whether it's, like, your nipples are getting used to being sucked on constantly or if, like, there's actually a, a problem. But in the meantime, if your nipple is, like, like we met a mom at the box office one night and had a mm-hmm. beer and she's so amazing. Her nipple literally came off. Yeah. <laughs> came off. That's not normal. Like, that's it's not like normal. like what happened to your cat. Yeah. I know. And I just could not... Every visit we would do together postpartum, I'd be like, how are you? And she would say, if I could just nurse without this horrible pain. And she never gave up. Like, she kept going. She had a nipple shield, Mm -hmm. which for those of you who say that the nipple shield is the devil, well, I'm glad you never had any trouble I'm going to say I have the opposite experience of that yeah I don't think I think that they can be overused yes and and cause those doubts that it's like I can't nurse without the shield but but they they are they've saved so many breastfeeding relationships for my clients yeah so I just wanted to say like if that's a thing like nipple pain not that you shouldn't get it assessed um if you're having really bad nipple pain but just know that it can be normal and that most of the time like light nipple it pain does. would be normal. If it's excruciating, I think. I don't know. Mine was. Like, it uh. was like she would latch on and I'd be like, oh, and then it would go away. Do you have sensitive nipples, though? I wonder if women that have sensitive nipples. I she's like, I don't remember what it was common. like to have sensitive nipples. I Maybe once, I a time, a t- once upon a time now. I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they turned into nipples of steel for like five yeah. Yeah, six like, years. They're like little tiny rubber tires. Remember that movie where she's yeah. like, go ahead. Flick it. Pull I don't it. feel a thing. Pull it. Pull it harder. <laughs> Pull it. Harder. Still can't feel it. Mm-hmm. I I'm always numb to you. <laughs> I always use the. I usually ask if it feels like glass shards because I feel like that's a little bit of a more difference. Like a yeast kind of thing. Yeah, like it. I can tell a bit more if it's more mastitis related. If it's more glass shardy than if it is just like a pain upon attachment. Did you just say shardy? <laughs> 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 that is so sh- that is so shardy nipple pain is shardy if i ever have a glass shardy god help us all god help us all that's worse than, <laughs> than a hot shardy <laughs> that's way worse than a hot shardy <laughs> Woo! ow my butthole hurts to think about <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of gas <laughs> slash pooping yourself, we all, um, Oscar had all his friends stay the night last night. Oh, God, did your oh house God, just smell like boys farting No, everywhere? but I, I went into the dining room because they were all, it was like so late and I was up like doing the compress for Annabelle and I may or may not have released some <laughs> Release the flatulence. <laughs> Your mother smells like a hamster. <laughs> anyway, I, I was alone. In the or dining, so you thought. In the dining room. So I just did or did not. You always get this like that. look of joy on your face afterwards too. That's like clearly was you. And then as soon as it's I did like it, confusion. I was like, 
thank God I'm alone. That, this diet that we're on, this fiber, it fiber was, diet. I could have killed someone. And as soon as I thought that to myself, all he and his friends <laughs> came running down the stairs and into the dining room. And I just was like, she froze. The cat's sick. And Oscar goes, what? And I'm like, don't go in there. I farted. <laughs> Whatever you do, that your voice gets high pitched. Yeah, don't go in there. I just farted. I just need to let you know that right now. It's like the ultimate guilty voice. (laughs) Book confession. And so Oscar was like, "Ew, mom." And they all went the other way. But I couldn't bear the thought of them walking and hitting them like a wall. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, moving on. Um, Oh, and we judge teenagers. So they're just big adults. They're tiny. Pain can be a problem. Let's talk a little bit about inadequate milk supply. Because there are some people that actually do have an inadequate mm-hmm. milk supply, but I do feel like it is actually pretty rare. I think one of the biggest things that happens that make people think they have an inadequate milk supply is that they, when their baby starts cluster feeding, um, that they think, oh my god, my baby's still hungry, my baby's still hungry, my breasts, so people's yes, breasts... I talk about this, yeah. Yeah, but but can you imagine if you were, like, a person who doesn't have people telling them that, and then they're getting incorrect information, and then it's like, when you first start nursing, you have, you, these breasts are just, like, so full and so heavy, and your brain associates with that, like, having plenty of milk, and then mm-hmm. it's naturally made that your breast milk supply is supposed to regulate over the following weeks... And then I'll have people saying, like, well, my breasts feel empty. Yeah. And that's actually what's supposed to happen. Like, your breasts right. aren't always supposed to feel full and, like, um, really tight or anything. Because that, if, when that, that would happens, just be uncomfortable all the time. And when that happens, that's actually your body's signal to make less milk. Right. So it comes to a point where your body is making the milk that your baby has been drinking. Without it overdoing your it. your are smart. And that's what I tell yeah. women. Like if they're cluster feeding, don't give them formula because they're doing that to increase your supply. Yeah. And then when your breasts feel empty, that means your boobs are smart and yep. they're mm-hmm. making what they need. The more as long as baby's growing and not fatigued yes. and looks good. Yeah. The more you're emptying your breasts, the more milk you're actually caught. You're your breasts are actually being stimulated to make more milk when you're emptying your breasts than when you're not emptying your breasts. I've had so a number of So I feel like clients. that's the biggest thing is people are like, well, my baby wanted to nurse all day, so they're obviously not getting enough. But like, that's no, just I- like your baby's having a growth spurt. It happens at this week, this week, and this week. And it and that's true. They're not getting enough. That's why they're doing cluster feeding. But they're so they purposely can increase stimulating it, it mm-hmm. right. so that 24 hours later or 48 hours later, they're going to have enough for their growth spurt and... And I do find a lot of typically first time moms that waited, you know, until their thirties to have babies. It's, it's such a shock to them. Like they cannot fathom the idea of like, wait, you mean I can't sleep when I usually do. And yeah. then I'll say to them, like, remember this is, you had 30 years to sleep and now's your time to yeah, just go ahead sleep. and let that baby nurse as much as they would just lay in your bed in Netflix be naked, have your husband bring you food, don't do anything mm-hmm. else. And they're like, oh, okay. Which but. is another problem because s- there's so many cultural myths right now about, or not right now, forever and ever, about spoiling your baby. And so uh, especially people who are going to have to go back to work, I see they have this idea of like, I need to get the baby on a schedule right away. <laughs> yeah, that still happens so much. <laughs> That's what I have to say about so that. So I always try and tell people like, because in that first 12 weeks, it feels like, like I've said about other things, your life is literally, this is what your life is now. And I, yeah. and I say like, 
that first 12 weeks is that's your that's your body's only job is to like heal from your birth and feed your baby after that you don't have to do anything else after that you can start putting your baby on a little bit more of a schedule but if you want to start out nursing your baby at four hour intervals and hope that and and just make enough milk for that. Like you're probably going to screw your breast milk supply if you do and that. And then you will need to supplement. And if that's yeah. your choice, that's awesome and that's great. But, but it does make it harder. That it's normal and you can put your baby on a start putting your baby on a little bit more of a schedule as they get a little bit older. Like yeah. the, the like knowing when there's like when it's appropriate to start doing that and and when it's too early because like the baby has no concept of a schedule. Yeah, in the immediate postpartum period, if you try to do that, not only are you going to mess with your milk supply, you're also going to just make your life a living hell. Cause yeah, because you're be feeling so much yeah. pressure and to be doing be something that's not working. Now, I will say, like for me, I've had two two of mine um, really did. And like, okay, where am I starting with this? Women will say they're treating me like a pacifier. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. Like that's normal. But I it's think not manipulative. It's not manipulative. It's normal. They just, but some babies truly do not need to nurse that often. They just want to suck. The milk. They want the comfort. Right. But it but still has a physiological right. purpose. And it does. But I ended up with, and I can't, it's so funny because it's been so long. I can't remember which two of the boys did this. But, and well, one of them was Brock. He would just overeat and he'd throw up and he yeah. would do it all the time and so i gave him a binky and i i know oscar had a binky too and i know they get a really bad rap but i'm sorry like if they were nursing non-stop even yeah. when they were done nursing they would nurse again and, and some, then they'd throw sometimes up sometimes you can tell the difference too because right. i've seen babies where they just need to suck more yeah but they actually get mad when milk is they coming have an out oral fixation because they're full so then I do think it's appropriate to give a binky, yeah. but there are some parents that they think, oh, my baby nursed an hour ago and wants to nurse again, so That's they can't possibly normal. be hungry. Right. They could actually be hungry at that point and, like, regulating your milk supply. So it's like you do kind of learn how to feel out your baby in those first three mm-hmm. months. But um, but it's a learning process, and it's and by no means is it easy. No, it's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of that, not enough milk, which most, which tends to be more of a thing you hear. There's also too much milk, mm-hmm. and I can say from experience, that's not fun. Yeah, at all. Like the thought of being able to shoot your milk across the room and hitting a target sounds fun in theory, but in practice, there's a whole lot of things that go along with that. Can well, be that really part unpleasant. Of it is fun. That is fun. I <laughs> I would shoot my and kids and I also Chuck. Took advantage of it at every opportunity I yep. could. Yes. Um, Usually in bars. It's yeah. a good trick to anywhere, have anywhere. Anywhere yeah. I was. Um, but um, there was other parts of it. So my breastfeed and, and I was like definitely a lactivist for sure <laughs> i've um, never heard that term intactivist and lactivist i was like all the breastfeeding i was all literally like a bre- i used to be like a breastfeeding nazi i can admit that now and i have definitely slackened on that um but for me like there was no option to fail in that and that's not a judgment for other people i just know it was just me, like your personal approach was in the like beginning my that was the thing that it was like this has your to your symbol of success in motherhood and that might have been unhealthy it probably was unhealthy it may have been what made you crazy there at the end of your nursing yes um whatever journey because <laughs> i had this idea of what i needed to do my kids had to nurse and they had to self-wean and Sometimes I ignored my own body signals in that. So effort. many times that I watched you nurse a naked Wren when she was four. 
Yeah. And she would just be like spread eagle looking at me, <laughs> making eye contact <laughs> with your nipple in her mouth. And Probably her singing out. and humming with it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, hey, Ren. You're naked. <laughs> All of you. Again. Yes. And you'd be like, yeah, well, we're also trying to potty train. So we find it to be easier if she's just naked. Also, so then, she just wouldn't keep her clothes on. Right. In general. We Pick your battles. She was just swimming in the creek topless. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know what? She's my daughter. I get it. She's my daughter. She's like drunk me all the time. <laughs> she's she's drunk jazz. Drunk jazz. <laughs> yes. Um, but having that, you know, people will say like, oh, you're so lucky you have too much milk. But it was actually really awful. Like I had to wake up every morning and I had to pump like 10 ounces off of my left boob. And some at people would one? say at yeah, one time. People, Yes, and this oh my god, this That's was nuts. for months and months and months, like eight months. And some people would say, "Well, you pumped it, so you had it come." But it's like, if I didn't, it was so like I would wake up every morning from the time she was born, and my left breast would be so full it would be up to my collarbone. Ugh. And so I would have to, and I would pump out about an ounce a minute for ten minutes. And then it got to the point where my boob was normal, and then I could nurse her on that side. So I had. And, and she also was like a, a kid who wouldn't take a bottle. That is insane. So I had amount. hundreds of ounces of That's milk. That's insane. That's when you have to get a chest freezer just for milk. I, well, I donated it all. I had a friend who was working who had the opposite problem that couldn't pump. So I donated. I couldn't all. pump. I, I could. I could just, I would just hook I would that thing pump. on. It would go. That's crazy. And you have these tiny an ounce a minute, little boobies. Ounce a minute. Ounce a minute. Just shot out of me. It was crazy. <laughs> Exploded all over life, like fireworks. I just thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> wishful thinking, Jess. <laughs> you never know. Just wait. There's time. You're not in your 40s yet. It could change. I don't want to be. So. Women have their sexual prime in their 40s. That. Um. And, and, and I remember I thought, because I was just like, I was just taking all this in as like, this is my normal. My kid is just a demon who cries all the time and I have so much milk, but I remember going into nursing rooms and the only way she would nurse because I had so much milk was if I laid flat on my back and if she laid on top of mm -hmm. me. And so I oh went, I so recommended many a moms to nurse in a recliner <laughs> with yes. the, uh, as far back as humanly possible, if not inverted. And yeah. <laughs> I could still go places and do these things. I realize now that I was a very flexible person. But I, went, <laughs> I, I went someplace when she was eight weeks old. Whipping a back bend in and mom so I'm in a nursing mother's room and all the nursing mothers are sitting there cradling their babies, nursing, nursing like nicely. Like little angels. And I was literally laying on the floor under the nursing mother's table with my dress hiked up over my boobs <laughs> and this little demon like crawling around on top of me while people watched me like what the hell is actually going on here that sounds like my nightmare I forgot my breast pump so every day I was going and I was squeezing my breast into water bottles oh. in the nursing mother's room for a weekend <laughs> while my baby just crawled around on me like a gremlin and people were probably like I what the literal actual <laughs> F is going on and I was just like, I don't know. This is just what she does. <laughs> <laughs> That's very normal for us. This is just never, junk jazz manifesting. I never experienced the other side of it, so I didn't realize. That's I just, di I just did it. Crazy! You just did it. You just let your demon child crawl, crawl around all over you. That's a really creepy visual. I know. It's haunt me for the day. I think. Ugh. It's. I mean, it's probably still haunting me right now. I could pump for a half hour and and on a good day would get two ounces. 
the and that that is from both breasts like oh together and then if and i that's worked actually really normal yeah yeah if i worked and didn't pump like on a break i could get four ounces but it would be like two on each breast that's super normal and i always tell people for the majority of people that the amount that you can pump is actually less than the amount oh, that for they sure. can nurse yes so don't but judge people your want to do quantitative Yes. Right. measurement so they're like but well i only pumped an ounce in an hour so that's how the doctor the said getting. you know the pediatrician said i needed to supplement and i'm like no 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 look at your baby he's a little marshmallow yeah like, or like fine. weigh your baby before and after nursing and that'll be yeah. give you a better idea my situation was definitely that's crazy i was like a human fountain um i love shooting breast milk all over oh me too i, would, I was nurse and people would get too close well people that i knew i would be like <laughs> well, every, <laughs> i feel like every person that nurses one breast is their like yeah their shooter they're better producer <laughs> so i would latch lila onto my right side because my left side was my big producer and when my letdown happened it would literally if i wasn't covering it with something i would just like right now would shoot you in the face just stand <laughs> i'd be there. like this where she blows it's like a volcano old guys are over there old faithful yeah (laughs) never know what's gonna happen (laughs) that is that so but but that just so the whole point of this was that um oversupply is a thing and it Mm -hmm. also is a hardship and most people cannot sympathize with that as badly because they're like well i wish i had that much milk but it's also not it's always greener but also not easy when you're going through it i find that they tend to struggle with mastitis some more often as well did you ever get mastitis i never got mastitis i got clogged ducts a couple times that i was able to like work out work out with the vibrator and then there's no uh toothbrush Never. I just dangle, massaged it. Dangle nursing and massaging. I started to get, I gave myself Massage. the beginnings of mastitis at my first birth without Evie. Mm. It was awful. I got a fever and everything and I had to ask yep. the mom if I could use her breast pump. Because my fever's like, I, it was like 102 and it before so I left. Like spiking. It, it hits so quickly, mastitis yeah. does. And I've never had mastitis, so it's, it's one she thing. She was 10 months old. Like, yeah. how often was she really nursing? Clearly yeah. a lot. I know how to give advice about mastitis, but I've never experienced it. But from what I've heard, it's like literally, it's just horrible. You feel well, so sick It was so weird quickly. because I did. I felt like I had the flu all of a sudden. But as soon as I was able to pump everything out, I immediately started feeling better. Yeah. And then I got home. And I nursed and I just I got really lucky. That's but that why fever hit like like no tomorrow. Because and you it get was those so clogged fast. ducts and if they can't come out, they get infected yeah. really quickly. It's one of those ones that you don't mess around with because one, it can hit really hard and really fast, but two, it does resolve really quickly if you manage it early. So it's like one of those things that you don't waste time with. I remember waiting tables like when I was in Florida and even here, um, I had a button up shirt. And if I would wait long enough to nurse, because I could wait <laughs> for hours and hours and hours, and it usually didn't bother me, I could be like, check this out, and unbutton the top button, and I'm I had cleavage. Like, like, yeah. I thought you were going to say the butt top, I would just pop out. No, <laughs> like, cleavage would go all the way up to my collarbone, and I'd be like, yep. boom, check it out, boom. Yeah. Which so, sounds lovely, but it wasn't. It doesn't feel good. No. I think it was, I was watching you earlier when you were like, my boobs are up here and like gesturing up to your collarbone and then you're like, and now they're down here. I'm like, women are always like, oh, my boobs are all the way down here. But you're like, nah, girl, you don't want them all the way up here either. Not when you're nursing. It's like my nipples punching me in my face and nothing's holding it up. You have to like push them down and open up so you can see like two little mountains blocking your eyesight. (laughs) (laughs) And then put your shoes on and you can't, like your belly used to block your feet, but now it's your breast. You're like, I can't see. I can't see my feet. Carly and I went to my 
my cousin's wedding back in the day and she was nursing Audrey and I was nursing Max. And so we like my my boobs were uneven like everyone else's, but I nursed them to equal size (laughs) and wore a dress that was like, I mean, super low cut. Yeah. And by like hour three my tits were huge out of control and chuck has like he took a close-up picture i don't know how long he kept that and carly and i were just dancing around like we are hot goddesses check out our tits and we did all night and then the milk starts flowing down the front of the dress and it's no longer hot leak i didn't i never leaked like in the beginning i would leak but not after the first did you ever and then this is well, maybe we'll just end it on this note because again, there's so much more we could talk about breastfeeding, but we're but getting we're just, to the end of our episode. Just the nip. Did you just ever? Um, did your milk let down when you had orgasms? Um, I don't remember that happening because that's like a whole everyone other thing talks for me. about things like, like they squirt yeah. or whatever. Like but if I was having sex without a bra on or something, and I had an orgasm, my boobs would just like leak across they would just okay like, they'd just be like well <laughs> up until i had brock i always had something on when i was nursing because i have yeah. huge boobs so yeah. when you i mean having sex yeah when we were what did i say you said nursing oh while i was nursing i would always keep a bra on covered for, like You'd always all keep the time covered, even yeah. during sex because i had i was a double d like wall nursing yeah which is like to me other women are much bigger than that but to me that was huge so i couldn't imagine having sex without at least like a sports bra or something well Chuck's it would like, knock oh, me yeah, out let him bounce no because like, i would uh, uh, it would hit me uh, uh, in the face and i'd be unconscious for the rest of the Chuck time would lo- not I'd the unconscious like, part maybe like, but the hitting in the face part boobies, and then they just start spraying everywhere yeah and then my blankets were all crusty and people were like what is that and i'd be like breast milk it's just breast <laughs> but if you know. don't wear a don't give them bra, context for it yeah. if you do have sex without a sports bra and they are somewhere in that area they are going to get a mouthful and some oh, men yeah. like that oh yeah for sure that's definitely a it's fetish. like they've they've accomplished something <clears throat> or good for you men that their kids eat, eat accomplish all the time like it's not hard well, <laughs> breast, a breast milk fetish is also a thing like there are a lot yes. of men who sexually like to drink breast milk out of their wives teats while they are doing it yep I've heard that numerous times. <laughs> and um, I think that's actually a good note to end this episode on. <laughs> if that's what you're we'll into. Just, we'll just leave Cheers to that. that. Don't. Ch- breast milk cheers to that. Listen, I have White women Russian that come cheers in. cheers to that. Like I see them years later and they're like, well, I don't understand because I haven't been nursing for a year and I'm still producing milk. And I'll say, so <laughs> not to get too involved, but does your husband play with that area while you're having sex? And she would turn beet red. Like, Oh my God, how did you know? Because if someone is stimulating them, it's going yeah. to keep making it. So I'm glad you're enjoying that. So good for you. Yeah. Anyway, on that note. Awesome. So what we want to say is that breastfeeding is normal. Breastfeeding is amazing. If you choose to do it, um, it's not always easy. Not to, we it's not you. always easy. It's if it's not, not easy, easy, try and figure it out. If it's not easy for the normal reasons, or if it's not easy for abnormal reasons, but, but your mental health is more important than breast milk, right, so yeah. you need to consider that as well. And for the most part, for people out there that their mental health relies on being able to breastfeed, um, for the most part, issues that come up are solvable, and breastfeeding usually does work. Um, and so, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, cover all situations here. I feel like you I can't. don't think you this can cover all of them in like this one. It can work if you really wanted to. But if you don't want to, feel gu- don't feel guilty about but that. But even if Your you do really important. want to, I've seen women 
do everything in it not yeah. work. Yeah. So, but oh, we're for just sure. we're covering just the nip here. So just the we nip. We recognize and some people really some can't. of our personal experiences with breastfeeding. But I also do want to do an episode. I'm going to say it right now because it'll like jog my memory when I'm editing. I want to do an episode about. Um, trying to get breastfeeding off to the right start and the things that you can do which i thought we'd have time for in this episode i know and we, we just totally failed don't we talked about ourselves so much but if you're listening and you want to know the number one thing that is helpful please give support to the people that you know that are mm-hmm. nursing your wife or your spouse. make sure they're hydrating make sure they're eating mm-hmm. your partner Bring them food. Just, just hearing someone go good for you you're amazing we'll get you like another week clean the toilet so she doesn't feel like she has to do it right do that do the laundry all right guys let's end this episode and, and go right. sit before Brock gets here quickly. All we have to say is cheers. cheers.